0: What we're listening to here is the sound of the crowd applauding at the end of Tabani Tsuma's performance of his prize-winning poem, No Strings. This is the Melbourne Spoken Word Prize audience, and this is the year that Tabani won that prize. It was so good to sit down with Tabani in person. I don't know enough about Melbourne Spoken Word or spoken word in general, still, It's a real blind spot on this program, and so it was great to just sit down with him and just ask some fairly basic questions. And as you can hear, he's an extremely reasonable and very gentle human being who is uh, not particularly interested in getting into the drama of the supposed battle between page and stage and all that kind of stuff, which... um, He's uh, basically really happy to shrug off, and I really appreciate that. It's yeah, It's been a long time since I've had anyone on the podcast who has anything to do with spoken word, and so it's good to correct that a tiny, tiny bit. Tabani's a very relaxing person to watch up on stage. Sometimes when you see people perform, there's a, a sense of like oh no, are they going to be okay? You never feel that when you watch Devani. He has the audience in the palm of his hand the whole time. He's totally chill up there. It's it's wonderful to see. And he's also really chilled out about the fact that he hasn't really been writing over the last couple of years. Events have been on hold, obviously, in Melbourne, as they have everywhere. Uh, It was good to talk to someone who has been having those same experiences. I feel like I can... I can put down some of the anxieties that have been driving me in the past couple of episodes. If you are in Melbourne and you do feel like heading out to a gig, Tabani's actually performing this coming weekend. Saturday, February 19th, he will be in Fed Square at the Connecting Worlds with Words event. This is a very cool kind of hybrid um, video link and in-person performance. There will be poets in Bunjil Place, out in Casey, then others performing in Fed Square in the centre of Melbourne, and then at the Herald Theatre in Auckland. They're all going to be linked up. It's going to be one crazy huge night of performers talking to each other across time and space. Very, very cool. Very cool to be able to talk about a gig at all on this show uh, at the moment. I really hope you enjoy meeting Tabani. He's the kind of person you just want to introduce everybody to. It's probably also worth mentioning that Tabani regularly runs workshops in spoken word. And so I will link to his website if that's something that you are interested in. You can keep an eye on when the next one of those might be coming up. I can imagine, given what a kind and gentle person he wants to talk to, that he's an incredible teacher as well. I think the first time I saw you perform was at the Spiegel Tent, and I think that that was 2018. But would that would would that have been too early?
1: No. No. Does it
0: sound about right? Sounds about right. Yeah.
1: End of end of 2018. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Early 2019.
0: Yeah, I remember it um, distinctly because I was so impressed with your performance. I remember doing that thing where I awkwardly came up to you afterwards <laughs> and was like, that was so great. <laughs> That's
1: my favorite part like <laughs> just vibing with people. Yeah. Performance. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I mean, I'm not like a huge um, spoken word person. So being at that event was relatively unusual for me. I was mm. kind of more being a bit of a tourist. Yeah. But I just remember that and just thinking, whoa what's what's going on here and then the, so the next year um would have been the year that you won the Melbourne Spoken Word Prize yes yeah but so you were already so good at the Spiegel thing like <laughs> and it it's it just seems like you appeared fully formed <laughs>
1: That's the illusion. It's like no one gets to actually see the work behind.
0: Well, I guess that's the thing that I wanted to ask about is the preparation. Mm. Like what goes in rewinding to that sort of time period, 2018-2019. Yeah. Were you doing a lot of open mics? Were you doing a lot of pacing around the house talking to yourself? Which yeah. is my preferred mode. <laughs> what, what were you doing? A bit both. Yeah. I
1: feel like I definitely my mindset was use open mics like the gym. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I refine the muscles. Yeah. <laughs> and put in a like a regular practice. Because I mean like 20, 2018, 2019, I was going to a lot of open mics. Like, um,
0: yeah. I mean something everyone on every I night. Could, Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So everyone that I could get my hands on, I would just go. Yeah. Read. Yeah. Get a feel. Because um, I'd not done any... Poetry performance before that. Um, I'd always been writing. But... And I knew that, like, spoken word was a thing. Mm -hmm. And there was a scene in Melbourne. Um, But before, like, 2018, I was living in the southern suburbs. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's only when I moved (laughs) to the north. And I was like, I have no excuse. Now everything is literally... 15 minutes away
0: (laughs) yeah okay so what is down south though if you wanted to do an open mic
1: barely anything and especially now i feel like hamish used to run a monday night thing in saint kilda
0: it seems like the perfect place for it right yeah exactly but But there was nothing
1: there and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna go 40 minutes for a spoken word thing. <laughs> I'm
0: not I'm, gonna do that. It's so weird because I've until you said that just now, I've never thought about the What events are down that side? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Okay. <laughs> that just shows how how tiny geographically the area is that we're talking about. Um. But yeah, I love what you said. Like the gym, though, mm. because I was talking to a friend the other day about the critical feedback loop in. Yeah. Poetry, And I guess, now I want to kind of get into this, but I guess um, I'm from a world where I feel like the critical feedback loop is almost non-existent. It's Mm. like either your poem gets accepted for publication or it doesn't. And I have a couple of good friends who will give me really kind feedback. But what you're describing, I feel like if you're going to five open mics a week... Mm. You're going to find out pretty quickly if a line isn't working or if a whole poem isn't working.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you kind of have to learn how to gauge that. Yeah. Because um, I feel like, and it's a kind of double edged sword of the spoken word community, is like, while it's so welcoming and Loving and engaging—that doesn't really help with craft. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's so not you have really to. Helpful when every time you perform, everyone's like, "That was so good." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, but what can I? What can I work on?" <laughs> okay. And you don't really get that, so it kind of just becomes a bit of trial and error, and mm-hmm. seeing, okay, what's. What's really landing? Mm. What's not landing? Mm. What's engaging people? What's not engaging people? And I think the the frequency of open mics that I was doing really allowed for that mm. because not only am I trialing a lot of different pieces, there's also different audiences depending on the different yeah. venue that you go to. Yep. And you can kind of almost tailor a set to be like okay i know generally the kind of people that are going to come to this Mm. and i know generally the things that they're interested in and the things that'll resonate with them Mm -hmm. so if i do these pieces they'll be better received here Mm -hmm. than there um and that kind of helped me get a more general sense of like what's working and i guess also seeing what other people are doing? Yeah, because I'm definitely big on that idea of art is theft. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Built <laughs> everything I've ever done on just like stealing ideas from other people and being like, "Wow, that was really cool. I want to try that and put my own little spin on it.
0: That's interesting. And see
1: what works. See what comes out. And just have a play with kind of the different ideas hmm. that are floating around. Because um, like in the slam context it becomes very standardized yeah and people are like doing the same kind of poem with the same thematic pattern the same kind of narrative structure because it's a competition and an established form is what is scored higher so you kind of come boxed into like the slam style mm.
0: but that's the thing though mm. your poems don't seem to be doing that like i'm thinking specifically of uh a poem called put it in writing mm. which is it doesn't have that build yeah it's basically quiet and gentle all the way through it's about it's sort of the same it stays at the same level and that's the point of it, I feel, mm. well, when, I, when I watched you do it anyway, that's what I thought. And then um, No Strings, which you won the 2019 Melbourne Spoken Word Prize with, also doesn't have that build. It doesn't yeah. have that slam cadence. Definitely not to the degree that you would expect going mm. in because I know exactly what you mean. I could almost play it on the <laughs> piano. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that exists? Like...
1: I think largely it's partly because of the competition mm. and it's you know it's it's like with any standardized type of testing um right once a cracked formula is hit for scoring well everyone sees that okay this is the kind of poem that I should be writing mm. and it. It becomes a genre in and of itself, because there's something I find very interesting is that there's not as much discourse or at least I'm not engaged in as much discourse around form as an element of spoken word. Mm. It's like when when we're talking about form, it's usually just limited to page poetry, but I feel like spoken word has. An equal like breadth and depth of different formal tools that people employ. Um, so with slam, it becomes the slam form mm. that everyone sees as popularized. Everyone sees as getting the good scores. Yeah. So everyone just imitates that form because that's what will kind of progress you in the slam realm. Mm.
0: But surely Uh, if you came in with something totally different, it would make you stand out.
1: Yeah. And I guess that's what I've (laughs) built my slam success on. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And just doing the opposite of the slam norm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that. Well, one of the lines in one of the phrases in um, No Strings is performing a cadence, Mm. which in that context, you're talking about patriarchal expectations and expectations of I guess the theme of that poem is to be a real boy the idea of being a real boy but I think it also carries over you know when I Mm. when you use that phrase I thought yeah and also the the cadence (laughs) of
1: actual performative element of it (laughs)
0: yeah but I've boxed you in like way (laughs) earlier than I than I was um planning to because I wanted to ask how how comfortable you are with these terms like performance poet Mm. spoken word poet um are they useful do they fit comfortably are they just annoying
1: i i think it depends on the day for me really Mm. it's and it extends beyond just poetry it's the idea of labels in general they can be useful but they can also be detrimental Mm. um so it's i'm still discovering which fits best which best describes my style mm. um, and I guess it's it becomes helpful as like a heuristic tool for like this is the kind of poet I am mm. so this is, these are the kind of spaces that I should be platformed on mm. um, but I I feel like craft evolves so much that I I don't ever see myself settling on just like one type of thing. Mm. Um and I'm always interested in like exploring new ideas and exploring new forms, exploring new things. Um but I wonder if it ever fits under any umbrella term. Yeah. Like am I just a performer is performing like what does it mean to be a slam boat? What does it mean to be a performance boat? What does it mean to be a spoken word? (laughs) artist it's like what what are the parameters that we're kind of defining around the genres um yeah so i kind of jump between
0: (laughs) yes yeah and i can i can see that i mean i guess the thing that is pretty clear is that you are a great performer you love performing and the Mm. thing that really i think at that performance at the spiegel tent that really stood out to me was you were just so undefended up there in a way that none of the other performers i mean it's hard to get up on stage and that venue is gorgeous and terrifying and you know i have never performed there but i understand why a lot of people walk up to that mic in that sort of there's a bit of a swagger but there's a bit of mm. tenseness kind of like well, oh you, you know <laughs> i'm up here and you're gonna listen to me but yeah. you seemed relaxed and comfortable and you like you wanted to be there Mm. and you were happy to be there yeah so that that performance um thing seems to be a pretty like i'm guessing that will be a constant in some way
1: yeah yeah definitely Mm. and i guess i because i did a lot of public speaking and like debate right um back in high school so i've always been comfortable in front of a crowd i'd actually go as far to say that i'm more comfortable in front of a crowd than uh-huh. i am in like one-on-one interactions <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry about this <laughs> it's totally fine <laughs> it's good exposure yeah, especially yeah
0: 2022 yeah mm.
1: um i don't know i feel like there's a there's less intimacy in like a crowd performance and especially with venues like the Spiegel tent it's like bright lights you can't see anybody's faces yeah <laughs> it's just it's when I'm on stage I feel like it's just me there yeah and I don't really see the crowd well depending on what kind of stage it is <laughs>
0: well yeah well let's fast forward then to the La Mama Banksia festival mm. that we both got to perform at at the end of last year and uh you're your venue as, as it was, was, um, at the top of the stairs, out the very front of the property. Mm. So you were basically performing to the people who were there for the festival, but also passers Passes by. by. <laughs> How did that feel?
1: It was, it was interesting cause it was, I've never performed in a space like that before. Mm. Um, so I think there, I was more focused on the audience. I was like, ooh, who's, who's coming? Who's stopping? Who's yeah, yeah, who's yeah. continuing by? Who's, who, what are they noticing? Mm. Um, how much attention are they paying? But at the same time, it becomes, it almost becomes an element of the performance. It's like the external bustle, the ambience of the street. Mm. You, you kind of, it blends with your performance which is something that I feel like if I was to do a more like dedicated set that's focused on incorporating the environment, um, I think it would be an interesting kind of interplay between the poems themselves and the environment as part of the performance. Yeah, just kind Um, of respond. Respond to the organic nature and like the realness of life happening Um, because it's, yeah, it's like, idea, poetry in motion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see you taking something like that on pretty pretty easily. Um, So you performed No Strings at La Mama as well, and I wondered, Mm. well, first of all, I wondered about the preparation for that gig because, you know, in the lead-up to it, we were all like, is it going to happen? It Mm. was pushed forward by two or three months. Um there weren't open mics to go to. Yeah. How did it feel to to work up to it, and then how did it feel to do that poem again after so long?
1: Yeah, so it was surreal, um because I felt heavily out of practice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd not oh, I'd not done a well, I did a live gig a couple I think a month or two before. Oh, yeah, but even then, it was just like the the sensory overload of being in front of a crowd again mm. and engaging with the audience. It's like I felt less, less familiar mm. with the performance space than I have in the past, uh, but still like super exhilarating and super beautiful to do. Um, but it's always, I love kind of my relationship with past pieces Mm. it's it's like having a conversation with a past version of myself yeah yeah and being like oh you felt these feelings and thought these thoughts and i guess that's like the archival nature of poetry is Mm. we're recording snapshots of experience and emotion uh so it's always fun to like look back and like huh interesting because i feel like i never perform the same poem twice so like every every new performance depending on how i'm feeling that day depending on where i'm at Mm. it influences what the performance will be like um so just kind of that interplay yeah between myself i guess it's all
0: yeah they're kind of moving Mm. and evolving yeah um yeah, it's it's funny having this conversation because we're talking about we're sort of talking about Melbourne as it was in twenty nineteen and then Melbourne as it is now. Mm. And I'm also aware that you have been producing a reading series called Thin Red Line
1: yeah.
0: throughout that time and I feel like a total idiot because I only <laughs> just realised how long it had been going for. And just how incredible the lineups had been, and I'm just like, okay, I missed all of this because I'm not on Instagram, I guess. Um, yeah, tell me, tell me a bit about the history of that event and why you decided to start it up.
1: Mm. So I run it with Georgia Curtis, and at the time it was, it, we started it around that same 2018 2019 time, mm-hmm. and we were kind of because we're both performance poets and we were looking for a space to perform that wasn't slam and wasn't open mics Um, slam because of like the formal constraints of what a slam is Mm, three minutes (laughs)
0: voting clicks yeah yeah
1: but and open mics for the same but different reasons that idea of like it's always a compressed performance it's like every one two three next 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 right next. right right. Um, you wanted somewhere to spread out yeah a bit. yeah yeah and <laughs> really get a feel of what what people are working on yeah um because like you go to an open mic you see someone great you hear one poem And you're like, I want more. And it might be their best thing that they've ever written, and they're just doing it over and over again. Over and over again. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. So we're like, yeah, let's start a thing where um, we have no open mic. We only pick features, and we give them 20 minutes to just go crazy and do whatever it is they want to do.
0: That's really generous. Um, Yeah. I would be scared. Because it some people's right. 20 minutes yeah. is 40 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, doing, having done a reading series where people got 10 and took 20. Took 20. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, and we play it loose, so it's like. Okay. Yeah, 20, but. You're not going to ring a bell. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, like, we'll give you enough time mm-hmm. to do whatever it is that you need to do. And. Yeah, it's been really cool. And the great thing about curating is you can just pick all the artists that you want to see more of. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it's like we just get our favorite poets at the time. Yeah. And be like, let's ask them if they want to feature. And nobody's turned us down yet. So. <laughs>
0: but I feel like, I mean, yes, that's part of it. But when I was looking at the lineups, I was mm. like, oh, this seems to be a bit of a production decision here to not bother with is this person known for performance or are Mm. they known for just being published in books yeah um is there an intention to mix it up or are you truly just picking people that you like
1: there's definitely an intention because it's the like one of the other elements that went into the formation of the idea was kind of this page versus performance battle that's yeah, <laughs> so always ba- going on. The battle, the, <laughs> the world's battle most between... boring battle. <laughs> Very niche. <Yeah. laughs> it's like if you're not part of it, you don't know anything about it.
0: <laughs> but it's also like, I don't know, I feel like as far as the battle goes is, um, well, no, I mean, how how do you see that actual, if it's a battle, how do you see it playing out
1: in reality? <laughs> in reality. I don't know. It's... I think it's, it's largely just a misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, because like 99% of the time, both page poets and were we're doing the same thing. <laughs> it's all poetry. Mm. Um, and we wanted to kind of create a space that's like, you can be a page poet and perform, or you can be a performance poet and write like page stuff. Mm. and still perform it. I think the like the main underpinning is that you know poetry is a sonic art form. It's like it has sound, it has rhythm, it has life, it's dynamic. So the different interpretations of that, it's like they don't really matter mm. um, And we kind of wanted to because I feel like there's a large, association with like page poetry and academia yeah um and then performance poetry is like more free and fun (laughs) it's like page poetry is formal and strict and (laughs) to the meter and to the form but it's not the case at all it's like it's
0: well i think if anything um spoken word and performance poetry relies much more heavily on formal constraint and Mm, rhyme for the mnemonic (laughs) uh, for mnemonic reasons Mm. and here in Melbourne, like this is getting very Melbourne centric (laughs) but there's a pretty strong centre of gravity around the uni and Mm. that means that there's a certain type of, like you said, academic writing that that comes out of that pretty naturally. So I guess I just love that this thing exists where you are intentionally, um, and forgive me if I'm like overstating (laughs) and making, you know, (laughs) uh, busting a gut over this, but it just seems really cool to me that you are really trying to mix those two worlds and challenge people to work a little bit outside of their... Um, lines of defence you know that seems important
1: yeah Yeah. because I feel like it's definitely well, for me at least like one of the most important parts of poetry is just having a play and trying new things Mm. and pushing ourselves to kind of be like see what we can do Mm. if we step into that space like what what works will we create if we remove kind of the the labels that we attach to the different things and kind of just like Mm. I want to try everything and (laughs) see what comes out what (laughs) a great approach (laughs) (laughs) sounds so good
0: Yeah. yeah yeah I mean I guess for me the the way I would describe that sort of the battleground mm. of page versus performance, page versus spoken word, is is really just that it is tough to get the spoken word crowd to a page event, and it's very tough mm. to get the page crowd to a spoken word event. Yeah. I don't see the same people yeah. uh, at either, but because I'm I'm uh, out of touch, I haven't been to Thin <laughs> Red Line, but I imagine I imagine that that crowd would have elements of both, of both you yeah. know. Because I mean, at the end of the day, people come to see the people that they know yeah, and that yeah. they like. But if you are intentionally kind of throwing these two worlds together, together, then,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and I don't know—is it if it's about winning people over to mm. either
1: side? Yeah, either side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. It's just so hard to get away from this, like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the binary. It's like yeah, the binary, which is,
0: as you said up top, like really kind of pointless. Mm. Um, yeah so when did you move to melbourne oh f-
1: 2014 2014 2015
0: okay yeah um and in the time between moving here and tri- uh stepping into the poetry world was it something that was on your mind or was it something you just decided to try one day and
1: it fit or just decided to try That's amazing. i mean i'd always <laughs> been writing poetry okay so that's been a constant since maybe primary school mm. um, but performing was never really on my radar mm-hmm. and I'm not even sure how I stumbled onto it here like I can't remember what it was that it, like, it must have just been like a social media post I was like oh that's interesting. Yeah, could try that. I could that that? Out. Yeah. Okay, I check it out and yeah. see what happened. Um, and that was at Afro Hub, which no oh, longer yeah. exists. Oh, that place uh, was awesome. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. So I think I was, and I guess also just looking for a sense of community. I was like, yeah, let, I want to meet some cool artsy people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, yeah, let me go check this out and i had some poems i was like i'll get on the open mic and read some poems and then they offered me a feature and i was like what's a feature hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like okay i'll yeah i'll do it i'm down <laughs> that's so good um, and then i've just been in love with it and part of it since yeah so yeah uh,
0: afro hub was so good yeah um yeah, I guess I ask because it sounds like you didn't move here for the poetry, but once yeah. you found it, it was like that was the thing that mm. kept you going out every night and
1: yeah. 100%. Yeah, percent for, especially 20, 2018 to like 2020, that was like my primary social activity. Yeah, yeah. It's like all my friends are poets, <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> go to poetry gigs. <laughs> And that's me getting up the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And that was like I remember um, Annie Sole used to put a post up on the Melbourne Spoken Word Facebook page. It was like gigs this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it
1: like boom, there's my week. Yeah, sorted. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, well, so not to like turn all maudlin, but what? Wh- where do you see? Uh, how do you see the that growing back?
1: Mm. In what sense?
0: And then over the next sort of six months, yeah, year, are there events you think will never come back because people have moved on? Mm. Uh, do, are we destined to just sit at our desk jobs and never go to a poetry <laughs> gig again? I think it's
1: a matter of time. Because at the end of the day, the people are there. The people who want to go to the gigs, the people who want to perform at the gigs, mm. they're there. Mm. And I feel like we're all just waiting For the right time, yeah, to go back, but nobody knows when that is, yeah, or what that's gonna look like, yeah. But I feel like there's that, there's the the desire Mm. is still there. I'm really glad to hear you say that. From there, so it's the waiting game yeah. at least that's what i'm doing i'm just waiting
0: yeah i mean i am too i mean i went to a book launch last night at the alderman mm. and nearly like i was just getting all teary because i was like we're here <laughs> we're this back. thing didn't get rescheduled even once and there were so many people there mm. uh it was just beautiful you know um so that 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 can happen yeah. but as a as an event producer, I know just the fear of like if I book mm. a venue and book some features, yeah. like what if something something. Yeah, yeah.
1: like I know yeah. even for, and I guess that's it's a reason that I'm grateful that we do thin red lines quarterly. Yeah. <laughs> so there's three months between each gig. So it's that is a really <laughs> we oh, have yeah
0: that is smart.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, like we've never been like worried. I mean. We had a few gigs that we had to reschedule, but Mm. there's always been a large amount of breathing space between gigs where it's like, we can suss out the terrain and see what's happening. And if we're gonna move something, we're moving it at least a month before it was even scheduled to happen.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's really sane. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. Well, I'm interested in because, yeah, again, looking at those Thin Red Line uh, lineups, I'm thinking about this is such an interesting collection of people. Mm. And, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering whose who's work is interesting you at the moment? Who are you reading and listening to and talking to that's, like, exciting you or mm. challenging, making you think in different ways?
1: Everyone Everyone (laughs) Everyone. can't let you off that easy. No no. You have to name names. (laughs) I lately I haven't actually been reading much poetry lately. I've been more sucked into short stories. Oh really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah right. Um so Robert Robert Zelaney? believe his name is Mm -hmm. probably needs to be checked (laughs) i can check that um but he has this collection um the the doors of his face the lamps of something (laughs) 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 i'm terrible at names and titles um but it's basically like Uh sci-fi short stories Mm -hmm. and it had been like on my to read list for the longest time um and i recently picked it up and have just been sucked in, and I find like lately I've not had the concentration span for like big chunks of work. That's yeah. why short stories are great. you yeah. can just like dip in, get the fix, and move on. But I think what's fascinating me most is kind of the the compression of time, and still telling a impactful narrative within that constraint and i think it's something that translates to poetry because i've never really done long form poetry or like prose poetry Mm. um so everything has always been concerned with time constraint and i'm just fascinated in like how much you can fill a space without losing an audience yeah. and still still getting a message across, still telling something. Um, and since it's a sci-fi collection, it's peak dystopia vibes, which <laughs> right now seem to resonate for yeah, some unknown yeah. reason. <laughs> that's,
0: I mean, that's probably why I couldn't read something <laughs> like that right now, but I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. The compression idea is really interesting. Mm. and and also yeah poem as story yeah i mean i am desperately trying searching my mind for the name of this poet who i've seen at a a number of gigs who just gets up and um i feel terrible i can't remember his name but he just he kind of wanders into the room Hmm. and then someone notices that he's there and then it's like oh you know should we should we ask him to to do a poem and then he just tells a little story mm. about his life yeah. <laughs> and it shouldn't work. It should be annoying, but it's actually, but it's... yeah, just, just really beautiful. Mm. Um, I guess it's the honesty of that and yeah. the lack of artifice is mm. really beautiful. Anyway, that's sort of pointless because I can't remember who this person is, but uh, I love them and I'll figure that <laughs> yeah, out. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So no, no poets specifically.
1: No poets. I mean, I picked up a Wonder Coleman, collection of Wicked Enchantment Mm. um that I've like Mm. dip into every now and then Mm. and I think it's because it's it's a lot about like police brutality and you know the experience of a single black mother in LA Mm. um and I don't know I feel like I'm drawn to, like, I feel like in times like these, where it's like crisis all around, Mm. I'm still drawn to stories that speak to those various crises. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's a a tendency to shy away from it. It's like when you're in it, you want to, You want
0: to distract. You want to
1: distract. Yeah. You want an escape from it. Yeah. But and I feel like in the same breath as like the sci fi dystopia is resonating. It's like I'm resonating a lot more with works that are mirroring Mm -hmm. reality a lot more than things that are an escape from it.
0: That sounds so so healthy. Yeah. I mean, before you got here, I was watching Frasier season, season one. Hitting,
1: going through the entire series.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I think I'm just going to watch all of Frasier. Um, yeah, so you, you're not avoidant like me. So that's
1: <laughs> But that's, that's healthy. the thing, I am. But with for some reason, the medium consuming yeah. hasn't been. It's like, I want to be inside it. But where it does... Um, show up is in my writing. I've not written anything yeah. that's like of the time yeah, I'm the same. or anything yeah. reflective mm. of the past two years. I feel like everything I've written in the past two years has just been like completely left a field to an accurate reflection of reality. Mm.
0: Is it um, stuff you want to keep? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: mm. I don't know. I have this, I feel like currently I'm in a weird relationship with my work where I kind of just like hate everything yeah, that I've same. ever <laughs> written and I'm writing and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just all garbage. I should throw this all away.
0: Well, um, maybe that means you're at a point of evolution.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I guess it's about figuring out what the next phase is going to look like. Yeah. Um which is nice like i always like to be stepping into something new and stepping into something different Mm, mm. um so i feel like a lot of my recent writing has kind of just been like shaking off the old yeah yeah like um, while finding what direction i really want to go because there's really there's nothing i really want to write about i'm so relieved to hear you say this i'm like i don't really want to write about anything same um but i still want to write yeah (laughs) it'd be great (laughs) there's nothing like i'm not feeling particularly like drawn to anything yeah or anything that i really want to explore So it's like there's nothing that's i want to say right now um I guess is always a good time to listen. It's a good
0: time to listen, absolutely. I I should read some Wanda Coleman that yeah. i wish that I knew more about her work.
1: Oh yeah, definitely uh, yeah. give it a look. Yeah. But maybe when things are <laughs> it's yeah. It'll take you through the motion. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Which I like, you know. I guess I'm drawn to media that makes me feel something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well I guess when you encounter it in a poem it's got a shape and it's got yeah. a um, not exactly a beginning, middle, and end, but, yeah. you know, there's a structure there. Mm. Um, whereas there's no real structure to the news. It's just like a cascade of...
1: Non-stop. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was talking to a friend earlier this morning who was like, it's just the same five things every day. <laughs> On <a>
1: loop. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much. This is a question that I've been asking my interviewees in succession and... Um, and I'm interested to hear all the different answers, Mm. um, which is what do you think we need more of? Slash, what do you wish you would see less of or hear less of in terms of poetry? Mm. Like what comes up over and over that you're like, oh, this again. This again. And what What? do you see that you're like, yes, more of that? Mm. For me, it will be more fun.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm on on that wavelength. More play. Mm. Just more experimentation, um, and I, I want to say more joy, because I don't know. And maybe it's just I'm more drawn to reading morbid poetry, <laughs> but I feel like the and I feel like that's that's like a canonical association. It's like poetry and sadness. Yeah, <laughs> go hand in hand. Mm um but there is a lot of joyful poetry out there yeah um, I mean so... wasn't
0: that that Ross Gay book that was <laughs> yeah. just literally poems of joy of or joy. Something. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: so I want to see more of that but that's not necessarily like uh because there's a lack of it it's I need to read more <laughs> joy poetry <laughs> yeah <laughs> and not um more sad stark reality poetry um but I definitely want to see more people experimenting mm. and trying new things and stepping out of their genres and mm. stepping out of their styles and more people just doing crazy things yeah <laughs> yeah um, just going wild with it yeah like
0: it would be a bit of a shame i don't think everybody would agree with me on this but i think it would be a shame to have had uh, Two hundred and seventy odd days of, stay at home, mm. and then to come out and do the same thing. Yeah, and granted, it takes a while to come back to life. Like, mm. God knows, I was sweating bullets before I went <laughs> to this thing last night because I was like, there's <laughs> gonna be painful." <people> there, <laughs> you know? like, so it'll talk to someone. Yeah, it'll take. Yeah, exactly. Like, like in your palm, no strings. Um, yeah, it it it'll it'll take a while to to get um things moving again but once they are Mm. it would be nice to to build something new
1: yeah Mm. i'm i'm definitely interested in like how things will evolve like what what's gonna stay and what are we gonna leave behind and be like we're done with that yeah that was From before, yeah. This is what we do now. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. It feels like an opportunity Mm. to do that, and maybe we will hold on to some things longer than we, (laughs) we, yeah, just for nostalgic reasons or Mm. because you know we weren't quite done with it until we're done with it. Until we're done with it. (laughs) But yeah, Um, one of the. I mean, this is more of a logistical thing than anything else. But one of the cool things is there's so many empty shops and mm. um well not so many but there are some empty shops and there are some spots that it kind of looks like if you had you know a little bit of money to play with or knew the right person you could kind of just start up
1: a thing, a thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. that would be cool yeah. i would love to see a space that was um like i feel like we still don't have this and performing at la mama was really really special because it was this um, you know, La Mama has a history of being a place where poets and theatre makers used mm. to gather and congregate and, like, that's really cool. But it it isn't, it's not porous like that anymore. Mm. Like, if you don't have a spot on the program, you're not just going to yeah, wander mm, up yeah. to La Mama and be like, hey, guys, what's going on? I'm a, I'm <laughs> I'm a poet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can I share some poems with you? Yeah, yeah.
0: And, like, to have a, a space where everybody, body or a certain group of people were where you could just rock up and it was pretty likely that you would run into someone Mm. or you knew that like regularly a certain type of event was going to happen. This is just my pie in the sky kind (laughs) of dreaming. But like, I think that those spaces are really like, that's where the stuff that you're talking about happens. That's where people try stuff out, fail. (laughs) embarrass themselves but yes. they know that there's another thing coming the next week or whatever and um and then it doesn't matter mm. whereas if everything is um now i'm really getting on a roll but like if, <laughs> if everything's like programmed and spoken, spoken for mm. and you know you can only use this space on this night which is very much how it was in 2019 Everything was very locked down yeah. um then it's hard to experiment so yeah long story short it feels like a it feels like an opportunity. I hope there's an opportunity there and I'm not just imagining
1: it. I feel like there is. Hmm. It just... <laughs> the age-old question, who's going to start it? Who's going to run it? Who's going to pay for it? Yeah. Who's going to pay for it? Who's going to do all the non-fun stuff? <laughs> well, yeah. All the logistics. Yeah, <laughs> all
0: the like... Sending the email, yeah. waiting for the you know, confirming, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that might be a good question to kind of end on. Is when you are doing that sort of work, because that is the work that makes Melbourne mm. the city that we love and have chosen. You know, is that kind of legwork? Yeah. People don't just rock up and start spouting poems. It's organised. <laughs> <It's> organised. <laughs> <laughs> how do you take care of yourself? Like, Ooh. how do you make sure that you're not going to just burn out.
1: Just burn out. Yeah. Um, generally or <laughs> specifically uh, with?
0: well, either I guess, but I'm I'm uh. thinking about, you know, as a producer. Yeah. Um I yeah, I, I spoke to David Stavanger years ago about this and this was like pre pre Pando. Mm. Um and he was like, Yeah, I've got no good answers, I burned, <laughs> <laughs> <Just> burned out. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well I feel like um as a producer, like I'm fortunate to have georgia because we complement each other mm. um so well in that i feel like nine times out of ten georgia would be the one to drive the burnout right and i'm i'm like the improv guy it's like, <laughs> we'll just show up <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's just going to work out. It's going to work out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And she's very like Capricorn diligent. (laughs) Like, no, no, we need a run sheet. She's got the checklist. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, no, we'll just wing it. Um, So I think in that regard, like we, we both give each other what's missing. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, so they give me the discipline (laughs) and I give them the freedom Mm -hmm. and that levels us out yeah. and allows us to kind of operate at a functional playing field throughout yeah. the year. Um, but I think it's also just about knowing knowing our limits. Mm-hmm. Um, because as much as we love thin red lines, we, we put ourselves first and we're like, If we're too busy or too stressed to do this, we'll leave it and do it next month. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, We're not trying to crash (laughs) in the pursuit of creating something, because I think that yeah, yeah, this is a novel approach though. (laughs) Well, it
0: does it does defeat the purpose. But this is not like the sort of romantic Mm. melancholy. Stressed out, yeah. um, <laughs> martyred <laughs> poet, poet, poet producer. You know, like, and I think yeah. it's
1: it's helpful that we we both come from the other side of it. So we come from performance backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so we approach it as performers, and be like, okay, we're not just gonna be you know, book smart about this. We're not just going to look at this as like a logical project. Mm. We're going to look at it. If we were performing, how would we want the space to play out? How would we want things to happen? Mm. How would we want correspondence? What would we want to make sure is taken care of? Yeah. Um, and that helps us to kind of do it as artists rather than as like curators and producers like we're looking at putting the artist first yeah yeah and you know um,
0: exactly as you say like you know what it feels like when something's well organized yeah. and you feel taken care of and exactly you know it's going to be okay
1: <laughs> so we just make sure those boxes are ticked and everything's fine and then have fun yeah the rest will it'll work itself out at least that's that's my side. I'm like it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs>